0: Hey guys, well, we're going to talk about some of the jarring conversations that happened at the World Economic Forum this past week that kind of got glazed over. There were so many panels with global leaders, and I want to talk about the one panel involving uh, leaders that included the CEO of Pfizer, and uh, the panel was called 100 Days to Outrace the Next Pandemic. They talk about plans for the next pandemic, including a... You know, that the fact that it's going to happen very soon and how to regulate and control people's freedoms, once again, in regards to pharmaceuticals. Uh, And what these people talked on the panel about is something that Bill Gates wrote on his little blog that few people read, but I read, just to keep an eye. Bill Gates wrote about this a year and a half ago, and now these global leaders are working on rolling it out. Uh, for the next pandemic it's supposed to happen. Uh, very soon. They said, now let's look at, uh, we're talking about the, your papers, passport, the passport, show your papers. We're going to use code words in this podcast. Uh, as far as proving that you got the needle in the arm, they talked about it. Um, and they are ramping up technology to ensure that and control you. Take a look.
1: This this issue to do with the technology and the digital infrastructure, I just want to emphasize how important I think that is. Because in the end, you you, you need the data. You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple. There'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for a a pandemic or for, for. vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that.
0: Okay, that was Tony Blair, the former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, talking about working on more digital technology to ensure that governments know which individuals have had a needle in the arm and which have not. This is talking about control, controlling you and your liberty. So, This is why we need to be paying attention to these conversations that global leaders are having right now as they're prepping for this next pandemic. Uh, I'm going to show you sound bites from uh, CEO of Pfizer, Albert Borla, as well as global leaders continue to talk about um, how they are working to implement Bill Gates'. Vision for the next pandemic, something you talked about a year and a half ago. Okay, before I jump into the next soundbite, shout out to the sponsor of my coverage. Households can expect a massive increase in their internet bells. A new report reveals the largest internet service providers in the country uh, plan to. Increased costs to offset new business fees and expenses. That means customers like you and me end up with the bill. For example, the price for a modem rental and internet package are both anticipated to rise. These are the same kind of companies that routinely increase their prices 18 to 31% a year without ever notifying the customer. That's why tens of thousands of savvy households have turned to this amazing portable device to help you Save money every month on your internet bill and beat the internet service giant. Um, it lets you keep your your current Wi-Fi service while boosting its signal to reach dead spots throughout your home. Saving you money in the process, the tiny gadget, and eliminates the stress of unreliable and frustrating Wi-Fi. So you don't have to uh, give these companies more money upgrading your service. Internet service providers hate it, so get it while you can. Uh, get it now for 55% off at my link down in my description during this New Year sale by going to BoostTheWiFi.com. BoostTheWiFi.com. Click the link down below. There it is, y'all. Okay, let's dive in to what else global leaders had to say. I want to show you Bill Gates, Bill Gates plan. I was going to, who I was going to freaking censor out. I was going to blot out all the keywords, um, but I forgot to do that. So I can't directly show you his blog post where he plans for the next pandemic, but he wrote about this a year and a half ago. Let me show you this. So he has this book out. Bill Gates: How to prevent the next pandemic? As you know, we live in opposite land now. So people sit there and wonder: Are you saying prevent or or prepare the next the next pandemic? Uh, well, he wrote a blog post. Bill Gates wrote a blog post. Uh, this was October of 2021. Next time. We can close the needle gap much faster, is the headline of the Gates Notes blog post by Bill Gates. Uh, we can close that pharmaceutical needle in the arm gap much faster. Okay, that's what he's saying. And he talks about creating an entire needle making ecosystem is a tough challenge, he says. Uh, he and his now ex wife, Melinda, still waiting for her to spill the full beans on him, by the way, now that they're divorced. But he and she together helped bring 17 needle manufacturers to market uh, th- so these uh, manufacturing facilities for all those needles in the arm, seven, 17, I'm sorry, uh, 17 different variations of the needles and countless manufacturing facilities for the needles around the world especially in Africa right now. They're really zoning. It says, quote, we're supporting the African effort to build theirs out by 2040. You know why Belinda hasn't uh, spilled the beans fully. She doesn't want to be Epstein, right? Uh, what, what Bill Gates is really up to. But she, who knows? I don't know. I don't know her whole story. But basically his big vision for the next pandemic was, let's make needle pharmaceutical needle manufacturing facilities all over the world, a ton of them. So when the next pandemic rolls around, it's just going to be boom, 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 boom. We got it for everyone in the arm. It goes. All right, let's look at, uh, we, we have Helen here. Okay. So you heard from Tony Blair now, Helen, uh, Helen Clark, uh, She is formerly of the WHO. I don't know if she's still with them, but she um, she commented at last uh, World Economic Forum last year about how she was concerned that the panic over the pandemic was subsiding and that they weren't seizing the opportunity to implement regulations while people were panicky. The cycle of panic and neglect, she called it. Well, she reiterated those same talking points this year as she said, look, we are still, we can seize the cycle of panic before it goes to neglect because China is having another outbreak of the new illness right now. So let's seize on it. Anyway, she goes on to reiterate Bill Gates talking points um, about regional manufacturing. They're talking about making the new needle in fact manufacturing facilities everywhere and I
2: think that the regional manufacturing is just a no-brainer we need distributed uh, manufacturing for all the reasons that have been uh, have been raised and you made in your opening uh, comments Richard the point about uh, both the structural issues and the scarcity I think we've got a chance of overcoming both of those
0: scarcity not enough needles last time around yet I recall seeing news reports about various countries having just dis- dispose of millions of needles that nobody wanted to put in their arm. Yet these people at WEF are saying that there was, an know, over- there, there, there wasn't as- enough. That's why they have to make more manufacturing. Um, they are also, you know, some of the poorer countries just didn't get enough needles in the arm. They talk a lot about Africa. They have an African representative here. They, they, they want to get that percentage up for the next pandemic. They are prepping for that next pandemic and saying that it's coming soon. Um, she's talking about beefing up global funding. So redistribution, talking about communism, take from everyone and redistribute it. That's what they want to do. Um, globally redistribute money from like America, like my tax dollars are going to an African country so it can build a needle manufacturing facility. Here it is. You know,
2: seeing with the establishment of the pandemic fund uh, for uh, preparedness, uh, conventionally agreed, I think that you need around 10 and a half to $15 billion a year being put into uh, support for low- and middle-income country uh, preparedness efforts. They will, of course, contribute a lot themselves.
0: All right, let's hear from the African representative, uh, Silvino Augusto Jose Moreno, Minister of Industry and Trade uh, for Mozambique, talking about, yes, he also agrees with Bill Gates' plan from a year and a half ago about building up needle manufacturing everywhere, including in his country. Here it is.
1: I think that... uh... investing in in new manufacturers in Africa can be a very good opportunity, especially uh, because uh, we, we, as as I said, Africa has uh, lack of uh, everything in terms of uh, uh, medicines, in terms of uh, uh, drugs.
0: It's interesting that Bill Gates was not at this World Economic Forum. I think he's taking a lot of heat, heat right now. People really have their eyes on World Economic Forum and Bill Gates. And I think he was advised like you two stay apart for this this time. Bill and WEF distance yourselves to act like you're not collaborating on anything. <laughs> he wasn't there, he usually is. What's going on? Who was there? Albert Bourla, the same CEO of Pfizer who said in 2018 that he's really excited that the FDA has approved a chip that you secretly stick into a pill that can then track the person once they've ingested the pill. He literally said this at the same world economic forum back in 2018. And I played the clip on a previous podcast. You may have seen it. It went kind of viral. It's like, interesting. I I wasn't aware that I was popping pills that had tracking chips, but he's gleefully talking about it at WEF. So maybe we should pay attention to what they're saying at WEF. So that, cause then I start Googling, looking up studies and actual scientific research. And sure enough, sure enough, they had indeed been working uh, for the pharmaceuticals companies on tracking chips for pills. Who knows which pills have it? Kind of weird. Uh, anyway, so the, the panel discussion host asks Mr. Borla from Pfizer, about what he learned from this warp speed creation of a brand new pharmaceutical technology in 2020, and how to make it even faster. Like I said, the name of this panel is "100 Days to Outrace the Next Pandemic." They're saying that Operation Warp Speed was way too slow in 2020, and next time, that's why they need like tons of manufacturing facilities for one, so they can whip out this new technology. You know, never mind. There's a, a higher number of bad reactions than normal to this new pharmaceutical technology. Maybe because it wasn't tested very well before it was thrown at people. But they want to do it even faster this time, and he talks about it here.
1: First, congratulations on, on the recent announcement <laughs> on the expansion of, of Pfizer's access program. That that is a terrific step. But I, I want to come back to the theme on the hundred days. Pfizer broke every land speed record in delivering a new vaccine. Uh, By my count, it was 326 days from the release of the sequences to the first emergency authorization of the Pfizer vaccine. And you did that on the fly, uh, establishing partnerships, pulling a program together, building manufacturing capacity or expanding manufacturing capacity. What opportunities do you see to further compress those timelines and what barriers? need to be overcome to be able to deliver vaccines even much more rapidly than we did in 2020.
2: Thank you. First of all, it's a great honor to be part of this panel with two ex-iconic prime ministers, and acting minister of finance, you, the head of CEP, It's a great honor for me. Um, looking back how we were able to do it, really, I don't know. Uh, it's not only that, uh, uh, and it's not the ability to execute a very technically-challenged tasks, but it was also a series of decisions that had to be made that were 50-50 and uh, you had to make all of them right to be able to eventually deliver in months. Eight, eight, and uh, so we were blessed to be able to do it now there were a lot of challenges that we faced and there were technical challenges uh, including the choice of the technology which was not uh, it was a technology that had not delivered any product until that time Building manufacturing capacity for a product that was never manufactured before—just to give you a magnitude of the, of the, of the scale we're speaking now—Pfizer, before pandemic, was producing 200 million doses vaccines every year for all the vaccines that we have in the world. The first year of the pandemic, we produced 3 billion doses of a vaccine that we never had manufactured before. That's very challenging, technical to do. Then logistical challenges. This since had to be transferred in minus seventy degrees, we have never built in the world, and all this to be able to do something like that, and I can go on and on. But if you ask me what was financial challenges, as you know, Pfizer is a very big corporation, but also we never accepted money from uh, from, from governments. So all of that was part of the daily life that uh, we we had all of us at Pfizer. But if you ask me what was the biggest challenge, I think it was the political challenge. I think the since. The COVID and the ability to deliver or not vaccines, and then after we delivered the ability to use them or not, became severely politicized and became a political statement if you are wearing a mask or not. Became a political statement if you believe we will have a vaccine or not. And after we had the vaccine, it became a political statement if you believe it works or not. And then we went to more extremes.
0: So the biggest challenge he's saying is, is the politics of the fact that, I don't know if you call it politics, the fact that a lot of people were saying, yeah, I'm not sure I want this and I'm going to judge you whether you've had it or not. Um, politics is when governments and it gets involved in either making you take it or not. Okay. Um, but for it to be a political statement as to whether you've taken it or not, it's only a political statement as to whether you take it. If the government cares, the government shouldn't care whether you've taken it or not in a free country. And I'm seeing one of your comments here. I'm looking at your comments. Uh, They think they'll be able to give it to two thirds of the world again. No, 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 no. This whole panel was about giving it to a hundred percent of the world. You guys, two thirds is much too little. That's why this panel talked extensively about building an immense infrastructure of needle manufacturers around the globe, because those numbers were way too low for needling people up. And they talk about also, uh, propagandizing, uh, brainwashing the politicians as well. They talk about it on this panel that they need to get politicians around the world to believe that the next pandemic is on the horizon right around the corner and if they can get politicians around the world to believe that then the politicians will get to work on creating the infrastructure both digital like we talked about in the beginning to track whether you've had a needle or not as well as physical building infrastructure of manufacturing this new pharmaceutical technology even newer guys brand new illness coming to you soon, according to WEF. And you can hear Tony Blair talk about convincing politicians about the next pandemic. If
1: you want the politicians to focus on a plan, I promise you it's got to be because they think in the next few years, not in the broad future, it's going to matter to them to have that plan.
0: So they're trying to drive home to politicians around the world that this pandemic, brand new illness, it's coming in the next few years, not in the next century. Even hearing, oh, big pandemics like this only happen, you know, once or twice a century. Not according to WEF. Okay, so they also talked about pharmaceutical manufacturers working with regulators. You would hope that the they're saying regulators to control the safe safety. Or are they talking about regular, regulators who are going to regulate whether you have freedom to take this new technology or not? Who knows, but here's what they're saying. You've got to
1: get the right people in a partnership together to work out how they create the mechanism so that in the future it's better than it was in the past. And that is about getting the major pharmaceutical people, the life science people, working with the regulators, with the governments understanding what it is they need to do, um, in order to make sure that that they're not left in a situation where they're scrabbling for vaccine or for equipment that they're going to need, but that there's going to be sufficient provision and that there's going to be the ability to manufacture in, in countries in which there's not going to be the same problem. I think there's, a, there's going to be a, a move, I think, probably to set up manufacturing hubs.
0: There you go. They talked continuously about this. Get those manufacturing hubs, pharmaceutical uh, factories everywhere. So it's needles galore in addition to the digital technology to track whether you've had the needle. They talked about certain needles that'll have a whole series where you have to take multiple. They got a plan and they say it's coming. So very interesting. They talked a lot about Africa. It's very interesting that they talked so much about Africa because guess what? Africa did not get a lot of needles. Africans didn't get too many needles and they didn't get too much of the illness. Now, let me show you, uh, why are they so focused on Africa? You would think that this continent must've been devastated by the pandemic. A lot of deaths from the new illness, a lot of cases of the new illness. Not so. Let's look at world economic, uh, I'm sorry, World WHO's Official database tracking the numbers. Here's the dashboard for the pandemic Uh, from 2020 to 2023. So far, you can see Europe has had the most cases during this pandemic, over 200 million cases. There's Africa at the bottom, 9 million cases period. Now, You can see the chart laid out here, 2020 through 2023, and Africa is that tiny blue line at the bottom. You can't even tell the blue line exists. It's so low as far as how many cases Africans have had. Africans somehow are magically immune to this illness. So why do we need so many pharmaceutical needle manufacturing facilities in Africa as reported by WEF? this past week. Very interesting. Europe is the green line. Now, Europe had a lot of pharmaceutical new technology manufacturing, and they talked at WEF last week about how Europe kept, kept its borders open so that these pharmaceuticals could come across so that their people had no shortage of getting new pharmaceuticals stuck into their arms. Yet, this green line we're looking at is cases of the new Pandemic illness over the past two plus years. Why was Europe hit so hard when they had so many needles? And I also think it's interesting. I don't know if you heard from all the sound bites that I have been playing for you today of people continually clearing their throats. Well, each person was speaking. <laughs> There'd be someone on that panel holding back a cough. <clears throat> you were hearing that the whole time. And I'm thinking, you guys. <laughs> I know you had multiple needles, four or five in that arm. You should, your throat should be clear as day. You should not be having any sort of illnesses in your body with all those needles. Why is your throat clearing? Do you have the Rona? What is going on? Um, The interesting thing, and showing you that graph with Africa, I just want to note that Africa get married to Europe. Africa has over a billion people in its population, uh, its con- continent-wide population. Europe only has, uh, about 700 million, 700 million people. So Africa's population is significantly bigger than Europe's population, yet its cases of the illness were dramatically lower. <clears throat> Africa is also pumping out babies. They are the biggest families. Uh, As far as birth rate, they're the continent with the highest birth rate by far. Families are growing. Children are being born like crazy. And Bill Gates wants to get needles in every little arm. You wonder why when there's such a healthy continent. Healthy continent. Um, as far as they're having way more babies than us and they had way, way, way less new pandemic illnesses, way, 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 way less new pandemic deaths. Now I know in the media, they say that Africa is incredibly unhealthy and poor and whatnot, but you will get the numbers there. They seem to be doing a lot better than us. And you wonder why, okay, I want to play one more sound bite. Uh, Again, from former UK Prime Minister Tony Blair talking about politicizing. Let's see if we hear anyone clearing their throat and holding back a cough. But he says it's just unforgivable politics when you're talking about health care. To talk about whether or not you should wear a mask or, God forbid, have a needle in your arm that should not be political at all. Again, if it's not political, that means the government has no say in it. When government has a say in it, in controlling you, that's the definition of it being political. So it, the words he's using sounds like he's for government hands off, but we know that's not true. Here it is.
1: I think there's sort of unforgivable politics and forgivable politics. <laughs> um, the... The unforgivable politics is turning a public health issue into a political issue. I mean, I remember at the beginning of the, at the onset of COVID, people saying, well, what do you think <coughs> of the politics of COVID? How serious is this disease? And I was like, well, you asked me about the politics of the disease. I mean, it's a disease. I don't, I don't know. You go and ask someone who knows. <laughs> so what's unforgivable is turning things like whether you wear a face mask or not into a political issue. That is unforgivable.
0: You heard the coughing and every someone, I think that was Albert Borla running off the stage, probably to cough. I think they got the illness again, despite all their needles. And, uh, one of you looking at your conversation. One of you guys, uh, made it, made a good point that I almost forgot. Why is Africa doing so well? They have been taking two drugs, the H word and the I word for decades to fight off malaria and parasites like river blindness. Uh, so, because certain parasites and, and other illnesses have been an issue in Africa, WHO sent out these cheap, safe, effective drugs decades ago, and they've become a part of the culture in Africa. Um, my, one of my friends is from Africa, and she grew up taking the H-word drug um, because it was just, it was a preventative thing. So, as we learned, studies started to show that those same safe, effective drugs were also working against this new illness. And that's when we saw the propaganda heighten, saying, no, 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 don't you dare take that safe, effective drug. It is now unsafe and ineffective, even though for decades we've said otherwise. Suddenly, the H word is going to give you a heart issue, when for decades, WHO highly recommended it against malaria, that it was completely safe. So perhaps that is why Africans were doing so well is because they were already taking those drugs preventatively against other things. And those cheap, safe, effective drugs just so happened to act as prevention against this new illness. Who knows? But The numbers out of Africa, pretty incredible how immune the continent was, this entire pandemic. Uh, Checking your comments. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You know, there was one other interesting panel from World Economic Forum last week that I wanted to just note before we wrap up. Um, It's called Achieving Health Equity by Tackling the Trust Gap. And is, the panelists talked about how to make the average person trust health healthcare, traditional healthcare more, because trust has been waning in traditional healthcare. No joke. Healthcare has really sketched us out these past few years, especially. But it was really interesting watching the panelists. I thought they were going to talk about propaganda, censorship. We got to shut down the voices of independent journalists who are exposing. compromised traditional health care is, but they actually didn't talk about that. They talked about the fact that the numbers show that a huge percentage of, of the average patients around the world have personally firsthand had horrible experiences with their healthcare provider. Like maybe their doctor gave them a horrible treatment, um, gave them a protocol that actually made their health worse or their doctor just straight up treated them poorly. Uh, but apparently people's perceptions of not trusting healthcare system is due to their firsthand experience they talked about. It was very interesting. And this one woman uh, uh, was a representative for people with disabilities. Uh, Her name is Caroline Casey from the Valuable 500. Apparently over 1 billion people in the world have some sort of disability and she was talking about how people with disabilities especially have a huge distrust in, in traditional healthcare. And that is because she said that the average healthcare provider actually looks at someone with any sort of disability, like she herself is partially blind, any sort of disability, your life is less important to the healthcare provider. And she talked about in the pandemic, a policy that was implemented in many nations was do not resuscitate. If you are over a certain age or if you have any disability, doctors in traditional healthcare were told do not resuscitate the patient if they lose consciousness or go into cardiac arrest or something while they are experiencing this new illness, which is chilling and horrifying that these big, corporate traditional healthcare systems have such a policy of saying this person's life is so much less valuable that we're going to have an official policy. Let that one go, let them die. Certain over a certain age or having any sort of disability. That is Hitler-esque AF. And I know some of you guys have been like, Ooh, I ever stopped talking about Hitler. Cause that's what the left uses. The left throws out the word Hitler when they don't like someone. I'm telling you the left is acting so much like Hitler that I'm going to make these parallels. If the left wants to throw out a willy-nilly, the term Hitler at me and other people in the alternative media, they can do that if they want. They have no proof that we're similar to Hitler. We're opposite AF from Hitler. But the people on the left are getting way too similar to Hitler. So I'm going to actually call them out for Hitler. And if they want to call me the same thing, fine, I don't care. But that is exactly the sort of healthcare policies that Hitler had that we are now seeing creeping into 21st century healthcare and it is creepy. All right. Thank you for the super chat. Cough, cough, clear throat. That's what they were doing the whole, the whole panel. I was like, you guys are supposed to be the epitome of health with all the needles in your arms. Why are y'all clearing your throats and coughing? Um, Thank you, Paradise Jam, for the super chat. Hi, Ivory. Telegram has mysteriously banned me and other followers not be able to comment on your Telegram post anymore. Can you help unban us? Um, I can check with uh, the one assistant I have who has been trying to help clear out the spam on my Telegram. The issue with Telegram, I really like Telegram, but there are so many spam bots. The bots are absolutely out of control. I've tried so many things to try to get rid of the bots who just leave those spammy comments in my, the comment section gets so full of random bots that you can't see where a real person is commenting. So I recruited one or two people to get in there and just delete, 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 delete all the bots. And I think maybe sometimes they've accidentally deleted real people and, and uh, blocked real people when they're trying to block the bots. And if that happened, I apologize. And I was looking at how, to unblock certain people. And I can't figure out how, but I could check with my guy and see, um, if he knows how to unblock certain people on telegram. But I believe me, I have, I've never blocked a real person on telegram. I never intend to, even if you leave me a mean comment, I like to, I, I, you know, I believe in free speech. And so I want your real person comment to be there um, so I apologize for any, anything like any accidental censorship of, of real people on telegram. We're just trying to clear out all those bots so that real people's conversations can shine, but it's an uphill battle. Um, <laughs> maybe the next pandemic we'll get more dancing nurses on TikTok. you know, maybe, um, <laughs> what a crazy time it was, huh? All right. And we're on the clear for now, but just stay alert. These people are talking about the next one coming in the next few years. So just be very aware. I just think it's very interesting that they were planning, talking about, no, we need to double or triple the speed at which we put out this new pharmaceutical technology for the next pandemic. Even though we just threw, that first one, we just threw it out there. It wasn't fully studied. We mandated it anyway. A lot of people had bad reactions, way more than normal pharmaceuticals, but we're going to do it even faster next time. Instead of taking a step back and saying, hold on, maybe warp speed is not the answer. Maybe your own immune system is the answer. Maybe we need to work. Now, if if a pandemic's coming in the next few years, like they just said in this panel, maybe we need to start boosting our natural, can I say this? Immunity. there's certain keywords the bots don't like. How can I get my immune system robust now if there is another pandemic coming in the next few years? The fact that I don't mention that whatsoever when that is the bare minimum basic thing. Why did certain people who seemed healthy get severely ill from that illness? They later found out, oh, I had a huge vitamin D deficiency because even though I was lean with muscles, I was staying indoors all day and not getting any vitamin D. And so I was hit harder. People start to learn things like that, but they don't talk about, okay, for the next pandemic, let's make sure that our health is in check. We're getting out in nature. We're getting some sunshine. We're eating real foods. We're eating grass-fed meat. We're eating organic veggies. We're getting lots of sleep. We're meditating, getting less stress finding peace, joy, love, and happiness in our lives every day. That fact, that fear scientifically has been studied to lower your immune system. So we're deleting fear from our lives. We're adding faith to our lives. They didn't talk about that at all. Of course they didn't. Because they make a lot of money. It's all about money. It's a business. Like Mr. Borla said, he admitted, I'm a businessman. He said that in the soundbite plan. Well, I think I cut it off before he said that. But he said, look, I'm not a politician. I'm a businessman. That's right. He's doing business. And the business comes from new pharmaceuticals, not from you taking care of your health. So that's your personal responsibility between now and this next pandemic they're planning. So you got to harness your own health, become very independent, be ready to go off grid because they're probably going to try to shut off services from you because you're not going to comply with their business plan. So just be ready now to be extremely. Responsible and independent and take care of yourself. That's what i'm doing working hard on my health My happiness my spirituality my independence work on your money now Make a lot of money right now so that you can go off grid very successfully And even help your friends and family do the same Money is power and when good people have money They can help fight against the evil. So that being said That's my recap of how Bill Gates' plan is quietly chugging along. Even though Bill Gates didn't go to WEF, he had people in his place saying his same talking points for him as they try to roll this out and convince global politicians that the next pandemic's around the corner and they need to start funding infrastructure for it. Stay awake, stay safe out there. We'll see you guys tomorrow.